What's it? At define all. a taker for me. Define a taker. A taker. A guy that goes to cafeteria and never misses a meal. Probably loads, loads his place up twice. <laughs> and, can't, and can't block a soul. And and out there taking, you're paying him and he's not going to school. He's not getting his grades. And he's a guy that's in trouble. They don't last long. And he's going to get you back right. Well, that's exactly <laughs> get you right. Going to get you right. And I'm going to tell you, it had to happen to me. It had yeah. to happen to me. The old old country preacher that in my wife's church, man, he would bang his fist on the on there and say, "Keep fighting, don't give up." Hey, welcome back to another rep. My name is Steve Hagen. If you like this show, hit like, subscribe to it, tell your people, tell your friends, your family, your teammates, your coaches, friends, whoever you got, and just tell them, and uh, we'll just. Build a team. That's what we're doing. We're building a team, and we can all share each other's reps because we're all connected all the time. And today is no different. You're going to hear from a friend of mine, longtime friend, and um, he's he's the way he's been repping life is it's just going to help everybody. So um, his name is Mike Markison. So let's go get another rep with Mike. Come on, let's go. Oh man, thanks for coming on the show, my man, Skinny. Mike Markison, we were roommates at Notre Dame, and um, it's been a minute since we lived together. I don't want to live with you again, though. <laughs> Come on, it was only 33 years ago. <laughs> now, I'd live with you again, given the opportunity. That'd be, it was fun. We had a good time. Don't tell yeah. on me. You're not allowed to tell on me. Uh, you can't tell on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. We coached there, and then we coached again at Ensworth High School in uh in nashville that was fun 2018 right so yeah. from from 1989 to 2018 wow that's 29 awesome. years that's Isn't awesome that what the yeah. heck were you doing in between let's talk about that because you got with uh as soon as we graduate or graduated from uh notre dame we were grad we were graduate assistants at notre dame but um you you got hooked in with houston nut well first well I got to Notre Dame because of Houston Nutt because he called Coach Holtz. There you go. Okay. Because Coach Nutt played for Coach Holtz at Arkansas before he transferred. Okay. And then, and then of course, Pete Cordelli helped. Yeah. He and Houston were friends. And uh, that's how I got there. But a lot of jobs since then. Um, <laughs> hey, let's uh, talk. Since we just since we brought up Houston Nut, let's talk about Houston. I love that dude, man. I know you do. You coached. How many years did you coach with him? Well, if you count the two years, I was a graduate assistant at Oklahoma State, 21 years. And so this is my 40th year of coaching. So half my career, I was with him. Wow. And uh, yeah, amazing, amazing guy. What was so true, amazing about him? What what made him different? I know what I think. His, but I want to hear his, what you think. Just his, just his zest for life. Just his positivity. Just his his heart. His his enthusiasm for people for the game of football. He was real. Um, just he could get the best out of everybody. He really could and genuine. He yeah. he wasn't an intimidating coach. He was a coach that man you could bring anything to him, and he wasn't going to just. He expected you to do your job as any head coach, but just a real pleasure to be around, you know, and as the years went by, you know, we just got close. He raised, I mean, basically raised my kids, yeah. you know, and 
Yeah. Uh, just you a started tremendous... out at, was it Murray State? Is that where you started with them? We, we started at Murray State in 1993 and won two OVC championships in 95 and 96. We were 11 and 1 and 11 and 2. Bang. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was amazing. We took over that program, built it up. And man, how did you change the culture of that program? That Murray just got, you know what? We, we, we brought some real toughness to the program. We, we practiced physicality. We, we tried to bring in good character guys. We got a few transfers, a couple of junior college players, ran some guys off that didn't make it, you know, just built it our way. And, uh, it took us, I mean, it was hard. It was down. I mean, we were four and seven our first year, five and six our second year. And then, and you could see the progress in our second year, but just not quite there yet. And then, man, our third year, got a big-time quarterback in Mike Cherry, uh, big-time uh, tailback and and uh, Derek Colors and other guys to surround those guys. And, man, we took off. It makes a difference, right? Look at what the, look at what the Rams just did in the Super Bowl. They get Matthew Stafford, surround him with some other weapons. Huge. Yeah, difference makers. That's it's about right. difference makers. That's Give right. Me a difference maker. That's difference, right. Difference, difference maker. Yeah. Think about this because I I tell my guys this when I'm coaching them. There's two kinds of players or two kinds of people really. There's makers and takers. And when you can get a maker, like you just said, those difference makers on your team. When you can get a maker, guys that make plays, make the team better. Wow. Changes. Everything. Yeah. You got to, you have to have more makers than them takers. Those, those takers will drain you. <laughs> flat out drain you. They're Cause they're not making you anything. They're coach making killers. You, like, make, yeah. They're coach killers. Yeah. They're not, and they're not, they're not fun to be around yeah. at all. What's it? At all. Define a taker for me. Define a taker. A taker, a guy that goes to cafeteria and never misses a meal Probably loads loads his place up twice. It can't, can't block a soul, and and out there taking, you're paying him, and he's not going to school. He's not getting his grades, and he's a guy that's in trouble. They don't last long. Yeah, they yeah. Do not. And then the counterfeit guys that are takers are those guys. They talk so much. They talk a good game, then go get them out between those lines. Nothing. Yeah. Coward. Fraud. Just, Fraud, total fraud. <laughs> hey, man, I total went over to your fraud. house. You, you live out in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, and you're living on a golf course out there, and you had me up in your office. And man, you had all your championship bowl rings out and like that. How many do you have? You It's like a jewelry store up there, bro. Actually, you know, so this year marked my seventh championship with us winning the, the SWAC uh, championship here. But I won – really, the first one uh, was uh, – in the old SIAC conference at Alabama A&M in 91, we tied with about four teams in that conference. And that was for the conference championship. And then we won two Ohio Valley conference championships at Murray state. Yeah. Three SEC Western division championships at Arkansas. When was the last time that happened? Three. I mean, three, I mean, it, it, you know, it was incredible. Um, You know, that run two trips to Atlanta there in the SEC championship game. And then this year, so, you know, I look at it like, you know, a lot of coaches and a lot of players never have the opportunity to win a championship, what that feels like. Yeah. And especially as a coach, what it's like, the joy, uh, like when we play Prairie View this year to win the SWAC right here in in front of our home crowd fans here in Jackson, 50 plus thousand. It was incredible. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. 
Mike coaches with uh, Deion Sanders down at Jackson in uh, Jackson, Jackson State. Jackson State in in, uh, in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, this is your was that your second year there? I think first year. Well, Part, well, COVID. It was like our second. It was like our second season because we had a spring season when we got here. A yeah. year a year ago today, we're getting close to opening up our first ball game against Edward Waters, a team from Florida, in February. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we had, we like yeah, we had we had two seasons. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. COVID crazy. and all that. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about coaching with Dion. That's gotta be a treat. It's a real treat. It's a <laughs> he's a colorful personality. Let me put it to you that way. Oh, you can see it on all those commercials with Nick well, Saban and all those deals, you know. You know, Coach Prime is an entity in himself. He's a he's a brand of himself, obviously. Yeah. And he has his mojo, what he wants people to know uh what he is, what it's he what he is about. And that's and that's what he puts out there. Yeah. That's, that's super that's, cool. I that's bet deal. recruiting's gotta be a little bit easier. Well, guys are attracted to the fact that they come and play for him and all the connections that he has. You know, I tell guys, I said you're not going to play for a guy that's more connected to the people in the national football league than this guy. No way. <laughs> exactly. so if you're serious about trying to play at the next level and you want somebody to pick up the phone for you or somebody to call him in reference to you because yeah. you're playing pretty good. Guess what? You don't have a better representative anywhere. Yeah. And so just what are you going to do? Yeah. Go get an agent, an agent that's going to represent you better than the head coach of your right. program. That's already yeah, no way. no way. So, you know, we we obviously signed some really good players this year. We're still recruiting some, but yeah, it's uh he he he's an amazing guy. He's a real interesting guy. Of course, he's the best corner ever to play his position in the National Football League or all of football, and probably one of the best kick we don't even talk about his kick returning. And he was a beast. <laughs> he was a beast at kick and punt return. Heck yeah. And then the and then the fact that he played professional baseball as well. Well, he played receiver a little bit too when they needed to score a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, gifted, gift, gifted, Freak. gifted guy. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Which is fun because then he sees all these young guys coming up and he can kind of see, yeah, he just can be straight with them and say, hey, man, you, you, if you want to do it, you got to look like this. You got to be able to do this and you got to do that. And then they listen. They're yes. dialed in. They're tuned yes, in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's been fun. He's, uh, it's uh, we're getting ready for round two the next season and we'll see what happens and uh, high expectation. And he's got a high expectation, man. He doesn't want to lose nothing ever. Good. And which he, <laughs> yeah, he I love brings, working for guys like that. Yeah. And, and, and he gets on the players and gets on coaches about the standard, what his standard is. And rightly so. I mean, he, his lens and what he sees, that's what he wants, which, Hey, he he's afforded that he's the head coach yeah he's prime, time. he's prime time that's right he's prime time he's got a pretty good uh faith right isn't that right yeah yep he's a strong christian guy he talks about god and jesus all the time we pray what's cool is we open up uh, a lot of our meetings most of our uh team meetings special teams meetings, with a prayer he'll walk in the room and he'll say pray us up somebody stand up pray us up and I've been with other guys that were, you know, that prayer was important, but it's every time. 
It's yeah. like pray us up. So he'll it's have really, somebody come really in. Cool. Your your uh, Zoom link was kind of going out there. So he'll come into a special teams meeting and he'll say, "Hey, pray us up." Yep, and the whole team's in there, and you know, I might stand or one of the old linemen or a DB or whoever stand up. I got a coach say a prayer, and then we get on with business. Oh, I love that. That's yeah, so cool. That's great so cool. testimony. Yeah, yeah, bold, bold in their faith. And There's guess not what? A, that doesn't hurt you in recruiting either. I would imagine. There's not a foul word that comes out of the man's mouth. Awesome. There's not a foul word that comes out of his mouth. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's it's, talk it's about uh, what, how did you come to faith? Man, that's a great question, Steve. I'll tell you what. Um, I, was, I was saved in Oklahoma when I was a graduate assistant at Oklahoma State in 1987. I had so many questions about God and about Jesus. Who's this God? Who's this Jesus? I always went to church, but I didn't really know Jesus. I didn't know about being saved. Yeah. You know, there was so many ritualistic stuff that was taught in the in in the faith that I belonged to. I never understood it. Yeah. I and mean, what is this? It's just a bunch of words to me. It's yeah. not the heart. And I met two girls that were graduate students. And I was a graduate assistant in Oklahoma State. They lived in my complex. And I would see them out at the swimming pool, me and my roommate. And we would talk to them, Kathy and Sandra. And I wish I could hug them today. Um, because they would share with us. And anytime I'd have questions, they'd give it to me hard. They'd go, Mike. They'd pull out Bible. They would talk about Jesus. They would talk about salvation. And it just it it got to a point where it was just i was thinking about it all the time yeah you know when are you going to do something call them up they took me to their church calvin warpula warpula i think was his name i'll never forget it it was in august of 1987 in stillwater oklahoma and i accept jesus christ as my lord and savior wow got bat got baptized and uh the rest is history there you go the yeah. rest is history. Let's the talk about history. that history. <laughs> well, um, you know, we hooked I, up together I, at Notre Dame. So when you, so then we go to Notre Dame, and that that's real ritualistic. It's it's fun to me. It was fun. It was. Um, yeah, I just love the tradition. I love the tradition of football, and then you mix in in. Uh, you know, I I just believe when you mix Christ and competition, you get a huge level of a competitor you know and um oh yeah and that was that was super fun because you know being at notre dame you know this mike not every kid that played there was catholic you know they were just football players right but you know being with coach holtz we went to mass before every game at team mass that was that was special to me i thought that was really cool and uh you know, and I'm sure, you know, I'd like to go back and talk to some of those guys like Rocket, and Ricky and those dudes and see what their impression was of the whole thing. Because maybe coming into I don't know, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but maybe coming into it, they thought, ah, I don't know about this. And then towards their senior year or whatever, they were like, you know, that, this is what we do. This is who we are. You know, might have, might, might have made, you know, and it might have helped them. It might have helped them down the road. Maybe if they weren't that spiritual, maybe if they really didn't know Jesus. And maybe somewhere down the road in their lives and any of the lives of those players or any of us, when you finally make the commitment, I mean, we got to keep him first. Yeah. He's everything. Yeah. He's everything. The cross is everything. 
Yeah, we've all had challenges in our life. I know, I know I have, I know you have, and, and, um, you know, especially coaching. I mean, coaching can really challenge you. You know, it's challenging for you to be away from your family. You're living in Jackson, they're up in Clarksville, and, you know, it, it's a challenge to just to, to do that. And I think, you know, people don't realize coaching is a different, it's just a different lifestyle <laughs> together. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it is. It, it is. It is. It's such a huge, like a lot of things, it's such a huge commitment. And if you want to stay in it, you got to travel. If you got to move and go somewhere and you want to be in the college game and stay in the college game, you got to be a college coach. Yeah. Because and, you, just, you do. Yeah. And, and we're like hired freelance contractors on a national level. You go where the job is like even me on an international level, I went over to Italy and coached. So that, that was really fun, but um, yeah, some of those challenges, like, you know, moving away from your family and, and um, you know, living in a hotel by yourself for however a year or whatever, right. you're going over a year. So, uh, you know, let's talk about some of the challenges that you've been through. And, you know, I know we've talked about them off, but, you know, if you want to talk to them, talk, because this show, yeah. you know, this is a, this is a called another rep and it's how people are repping life. And, yeah. and people have gotten on and listened to this and then they've texted me or they DM'd me and said, man, that guy that was on your show, man, he just spoke the truth and it, and it just, it yeah. just made me question what I was doing and what I was right. doing. It helped me. So, you know, I- I, I think Steve as a, as a Christian man that any of us that accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, there's a condition called backsliding that you've heard it in church. When I backslide, do I do I walk away from the truth? Yeah. And the truth is living a life that God wants you to live. Heck, He gave us the commandments. That's how we're supposed to live our life. Yeah. Right. I mean, He He just said He said here they are this is the law. Are you going to live this way? Yeah. And then, and then here comes in the new Testament, this Jesus guy that said, God said, well, I'm just going to have to show these people. I'm going to have to come down myself in the flesh and say, here I am world. Now what? And that's what he did. He's yeah. God. He's the God man. Yeah. And he comes up. <laughs> think about that. The I love God that. Man. I love that. You know, but, but you, you know, there, that I think, well, I know what happened to me. I, 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 I'm a, I'm in a program of recovery for alcoholism. Yeah. I am, I am almost 10 years sober. All right. Uh, I had a period of life um, in my coaching career at, uh, yeah, in my coaching career at Old Miss where I was starting to kind of drink hev- heavier and, and do some things uncharacteristic of what uh, I'm about. And it, it's not who I am. It's what I did. Yeah. And I made, and I made some mistakes and well, it carried on, um, to my next job and, and cost me dearly. Um, I made some mistakes and I don't think I got fired over those mistakes, but there was enough prejudice against me and some of my actions previous that probably said, we can't continue with this guy. That's my thought. Yeah. Maybe that might not be the perception or what my pre that employer would tell you, but in my perception, in my relationship with God, that was it. Yeah. And it comes, and we all got to, and we all got to realize, Steve, 
we all got to realize this. When we think we get too big for him, and we've been convicted by the Holy Spirit, that's in us. When we accept Christ, he gives you the Holy Spirit. That's God inside of you. Yeah. And now you decide as that person that you're going to go put all of that on the shelf for this. I'm going to go do this. I don't care. And I'll let, let it, we'll see what happens. Well, you know what? You're somebody that's a, a person of faith and you've been saved. You've accepted Christ and you go back on your and you start doing some crazy stuff. Guess what? It's going to get you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a chastisement of God and there's punishment. Yep. And he's going to get you back right. Well, that's exactly <laughs> get you right. Going to get you right. And I'm going to tell you, it had to happen to me. It had yeah. to happen to me. And it was kind of, God, I'm in the prime of my, man, we're doing so many big things at the, at the place I was at. at. And man, it just, it, I really disappointed myself, but it had to happen. Yeah. For God, for God to work in me. And for me to be able to share my message like I'm doing with you, I'll speak in front of anybody and be transparent about what happened to me yeah. and what can happen to any of us when yeah. we get too big for him and we strike out on our own and think we got the answers and we can do what we want. You can't. Well, how do you, you know think it, how do you think it started? Because like there's going to be people that are going, well, how do you ever, you know, start drinking? Well, I was how did I started drinking at a young age? I mean, yeah. where I'm from, we, you know. Drinking was always, it was Minnesota, kind of Minnesota, yeah. y'all cut a hole in the ice but, and went out and drank. I'll tell you, a lot of, lot, like you were ice fishing, a <laughs> lot of, a lot of saloons up there, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in the South, you go through a small town, there might be a convenience store in three churches up North Minnesota, Wisconsin, some other place. You might go through a town like that. There might be a grain elevator and three bars yeah. and, and a church Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in every small town. You know, but you know, you, what happens to people, what happened to me, I can't explain it, but you know, I had some rough spots in my life that I was going through emotionally, some things in my family, just some things in my spirit where drinking would, would start taking over. I was starting to drink over stuff. Most people that have isms, there's a problem. And that's not just because, because there was a time where I could drink and have fun and Man, not getting everything was good. That was just normal. But when you have a problem, and that problem, the drinking's not the problem. It, the problem is what's going inside of you, and yeah. then that's what's causing you to use something yeah. to pad it, to suppress it, to overcome whatever. And that's what people resort to. And that, and you know, and the only way, hey man. The only way to defeat that is be willing to say, I, I'm done. And, and man, put God and put Jesus back in there daily and and walk that way. It's stupid. I I, I think about how dumb I was is that right? with my thinking. When, when did you and get to that point where it was like, whoa, what the heck am I doing? Probably 2000. I'll tell you, 2010. I remember I had about a three year period, man. It was about a three-year period. My last two years at Ole Miss and the short time I, I spent in Wisconsin. And yeah. my crash, and people would say, well, you know, the guy fired him at Wisconsin. They weren't very good in the offensive line and all that. Well, there was more going on than that with me. Yeah. And and you know what? God got a hold of that. And, and it put me on my knees. And it, it was very shameful. I 
I was very, very, very broken person. Broken. Now he's rallied you up and he's using you for the good. Man, I can't do it enough for him. And I really (laughs) could be. Hey, that's maybe a blessing. It's a, it's a blessing. You're down there at Jackson state. Yeah. Well, it just tells you about anybody, the rise and fall, the the giant, let's face it. We all face giants. Just think about David, David faced that giant. He told Saul, Hey, let me, I killed the lion and I killed the bear. I'm going to kill this Philistine. And he looked at him going, what? Okay. I'll endorse you to go do that. What did he, he stood up against that giant. Well, we have giants in our life that come at us in all different directions. And the biggest giant that we have to face daily is Satan. Yeah. And demons and his darts, because you and I both know we're trying to live for God and for Jesus. And we're trying to do the right thing and live the best life we can. Man, old Satan, he's he ain't giving up on trying to ruin us. No, That's he, what works. he tried to do. To, he, he wants goes, you dead. He goes 24-7, 365. And, let's face it, he wants you dead. I heard alcohol. Them. Alcohol wanted me dead. Yeah. Oh, there's it no wanted doubt. me dead. And uh, somebody told know. me that uh part-time Christians got a bad uphill battle because the devil is 24 7 365 and if we're only yeah. part time he's gonna wear us out well, i yeah. love i love what nick saban says we gotta fight human nature every day every and day you, and human nature is is that to you know to to drink and to smoke weed and to smoke everything i guess and you know and lay on the like- couch and be lazy and uh you know watch the internet all day long or whatever it is, Facebook and Instagram and all that crazy stuff. But I love what Nick says. we got to fight human nature every day. If you want to be, if you want to be a champion and you want to be right. And I love that. I love that. And i tell you what I've done. What's got me closer is that when I get up in the morning and I have my coffee, I got to sit down and get quiet with the Lord. Okay. And I got to read and I got to meditate. There you and go. I got to give him time. That's the start of your day. Why wouldn't you start in God's word? There you go. You start in your day. That's how you stay connected. Heck, you said to me, Steve, prayer gets his attention. And then obedience to that prayer activates that power within you. There you go. That has never left me. How true is that? Oh, prayer man. gets his attention. So when you get up in the morning and you say, Lord, I'm your servant. Let me just hear you this morning. Please let me hear what you have to say. In, in reverence and humility and really digging in with your heart and saying, please give me something here that I need. Yeah. And he will. Now, yeah. you do that daily. Now, if you want to be one of those, C- you know what a CEO Christian is? Christmas, Easter, and other important holidays. That's what I call a CEO Christian. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Christmas, Easter, other important holidays or events, right? Man, yeah. it's every day. It's every day. Yeah. There's holidays, it's every day. That's right. So that's the way I view it. That's good. What are you reading then? When you wake up in the morning, you read a little bit out of the Bible and then what else? I do. And I like to read a devotional. I'll start, I will start out in the devotional and I got challenged. I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you this story. Two years ago in a small church um, that my wife grew up in, um, uh, in Indian Mound, Tennessee, Dunbar's Chapel. Little country said, how many of you have read the Bible front to back? Raise your hand. I think there was one in the congregation. He said, okay, folks, I am challenging you for this year. I want you to read this Bible. You know what? 
I said, he's right. I've always kind of skipped around and did, and I read that. I mean, I read that from front to back and got done, you know, that December and the time out a few yeah. days allowed And, you know, if any, any time we read like something from a devotional or any little knickknack thing about something, usually there's a reference to where it comes from, right? Right. Like what book of the Bible or what story? Yeah. So I'll read that. And I'll go and I, and it's it's curious that reference. And I'll go to that reference. That's why reference Bibles are so good. And I'll go that and start reading there and researching there. Yeah. You know. So, but I I really try to do my best if I like can a, do. It's like a rabbit trail. I love it. Yeah, I love doing that. So, yeah. so, um, so then you admit to what you've done, and you know you got to get this rectified and reconciled and all that. And uh, what's that process? What would you end up doing? And and uh, well, you got to you have to you have to you have to find a program of recovery. Mine was Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. I went to a lot of meetings, had a sponsor. You know, most people I knew God. And, and really, it's those 12-step programs, people are trying to find a higher power. They okay. don't really know. What is God? What is this thing? And the, and the whole part about, of, 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 of sobriety is to, is to uh, be willing to change and find that power greater than yourself that can restore you. Yeah. And as a Christian, I know what that is. It's Jesus, period. J-E-S-U-S. Well, that's like you that's like that little boy in know, Sunday school, and the Sunday school teacher says, "Hey, what's uh, the answer to two plus two? And he goes, "Jesus." And she goes, "No, Sammy, listen to the question again. What's the answer to two plus two? And he says, "Jesus. Jesus is the answer to everything." Right. <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, right. you got me on that one." But, right. Yeah. yeah. So you know, programs of recovery are designed to enlighten people to the fact that there's something out there now they don't it's not looked on like you and i as christian guys because i can sit in meetings and go man i i need to talk to him about jesus i need to talk to her about jesus but she might not that person might not quite get it because they are still there's so many people that don't know got no idea about what this is. Yeah. Who is Jesus? When you went to that first well, AA meeting, when you went to the first AA meeting, were you sitting in there going, what the heck is going on here? What am I doing in here? Or Well, you know, the irony behind that, Steve, if go back. I, 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 I quit drinking once in 19, I can remember, 1987, before going to Oklahoma State, I got into it with my roommate at a house in Minnesota, I threatened to beat the crap out of him. I, of course, I was full of alcohol. And the next day, I had such a conviction in my spirit, like God was just raining his angels on top of my head, said, dude, you got to get help. And for a period of time there, and I talked to a guy that I worked for that was a recovering alcoholic, and he tried to tell me about the program of AA and all that. Well, I went to some meetings, and I didn't believe it. So meaning people that go to these things and they're not willing to change and really dig in to find out what it's about. They're just like a fly in the wall. Yeah. It's I'm just going to fly away, which I did. I didn't, I went in my hometown of Farmington, Minnesota. And a lot of those people were the same people I would throw out of the bar when I worked as a bouncer. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm going to 
I've got to, I've got to be in here with you, you drunks and you uh, drug addicts. Come on. But I, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't agree. And I just said, I don't need this. So I just white knuckled it. I quit. Yeah. And I, I quit for four years. I just, if you remember at Notre Dame, I never, I never drank a drop. Yeah. You know, I never, and I, but I got around some guys and, and started drinking again. And if you stay in the program, any program, and you, you know, there's a thing that I love. If you're willing any part of your life as Christians, we're willing to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what we're willing to accept. We, we've said that's it. Yeah. I'm willing to lose weight. I'm willing to work out. I'm willing to eat better. I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to quit what I've been doing that's killing my life, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Eating, alcohol, drugs, whatever. What is it? Are you, cool. are you, do you want to change? That's right. Do you what do you really, want? Really what do you want? want and what are you willing to sacrifice to get what you want? I know this. You started working out. You called me, I don't know, a couple months ago or something like that. And you said, hey, man, I want to change. I want to start working out. And I want to, you know, you're on some blood pressure medication or something yeah. like that. You've lost like 20 or 25 pounds. And you went to the doctor. You just told me this the other day that you went to the doctor. And the doctor said, hey, man, you probably don't need this blood pressure medication anymore. We're going to reduce yeah. it and hopefully get you all the way off of it you know? yeah you know and what are the sacrifices you've got to make to get where you want to get to you know some things we can't control you know it's just the way it is but you know weight we can control eating better we can control reading our bibles and studying the word of god we can control yeah we can do those things yeah. uh me getting a uh Somebody calling, I'm going to be the offensive line coach at Alabama tomorrow, Penn State or somewhere. Uh, I can't control that. <laughs> now, God God, God can, if he wants me to. Yeah. He can put the right people in place. And, and all along in my career, he's done that. Yeah. He's put the right people in the place to make the call, like you said, the shot caller. And I was there. And it worked. Well, so, it sounds like God wants you right where you're at because you, uh, you can share the gospel with – with Dion and the whole staff and unabated, you know, just uninhibited. And that's awesome. Cause you're coaching some kids down there. I'll, I'll call them kids. Even if they're 21, they're still kids, but um, they need it. They need a mentor like you to come in and step in and say, Hey, this is the truth. There are versions of the truth. This is not a version of the truth. This is the truth. And yeah. And when they hear it from you're a right. mentor, a guy that, like you, their coach that they can trust. Cause you know, this, what a coach says, that's one of the most important things going, you know, the mom can say, Hey man, you got to do your homework. The dad can say, Hey, you need to mow the lawn and make your bed and clean your room. But when the coach says, Hey, <laughs> you need to do your homework and you need to respect your parents. It, it's just coming from a different, different mouth different level of authority it seems like to me and and i'm not saying that i'm i'm not bragging because i am somebody's dad and i tell my kids coaches to tell them to do their homework because i remember when my kids were going through it man they were like shoot dad i ain't listening to that but then the coach says hey you won't play if you don't listen to your dad and do your homework and do all that stuff and so you know there's so many giants that these guys face yeah and haven't been brought up in environments that promote that. And I, I'm fortunate that I worked for a head coach and, and worked for a previous one in Houston, Nut that was a strong advocate. He kept God first. That's why we won. 
Yeah. I'm convinced. We yeah. won. We we went to Steve. Steve, in in 19 years, we won five championships. From 1995. Now think about this. 1995 to 2006. In that window, in that special window, God gave us. We won five championships. Jeez. Two trips. Two trips to one double playoffs. Two trips to Atlanta, Georgia. And eight bowl games. That's incredible. Now, you tell me, and I'll tell you what he did. I'm bragging on Houston. He kept God first, Bible studies, guys getting saved. Don Decker, our friend, leading the charge. Yeah. Coaches devotionals. We kept him first. We don't yeah. when when we remove him from the scene, when we just if we could just get in all facets, it's like tithing. You know, I got to get better tithing. People, hey, if you give it up, he's going to give it up. Give it up. And like, give it up. What are you willing to give up? You know, and I'm still, I got to get better at that. But it, it, it says it and yeah. it tells you, you know, and, and I, and you see people that are so giving and they, that fruit comes back tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, it's all, it's all relative, man. We just got to stay in that path and trudge that road. Well, hey, man, you're in the right spot at the right time because uh, you're making a huge impact down there. And and line coaches, I know this, line coaches make a huge impact in every program because they deal with uh, the heart of the offense, essentially. But so many guys are in your group. You know, you'll have, I don't know how many are in your room, 15 or, you know. How many yeah, guys? yeah. Yeah, yeah, right now I have right now I have 13, but I'll have probably 17 in the fall. Yeah, and that's like one of the largest position groups on the on the team, essentially. Right. And so um you just yeah. have a huge impact. So you're in the right spot right at the right time, man. So hey, what does another rep mean to you? This show is is uh called <laughs> another rep. And uh I always ask everybody on the show, what's another rep mean to you? And uh how's it work for you? Man, what you know to me—that's—that's that's a great point. What whatever you're doing and you're doing well, keep doing it and do it more and more and more. Whether it's hey, uh, if I'm out jogging, for example, uh, hey, I'm done. Now go another five minutes. Hey, I, I'm in the film room. Uh, watch another ten clips of that. Don't don't give up. Just keep going. Get a little bit more. Make yourself better. Uh, hey, you're. You know, whatever you're studying, you know, get better by just doing more. Don't be you know, don't be satisfied. A lot of times we get too satisfied with where we're at, right? Yeah. What's going to help us to get better? I think that another rep is just pushing forward. We're, we continue to push ourselves forward. I've got a saying in my thing is called push the pile. You're always pushing. Push the oh, pile. Push That's the right. Pile. Hey, push the pile. Hey, push, hey, push the pile in your life. Keep pushing. Keep shoving. Hey, what did, what did, what did, what did the Apostle Paul say before they're getting ready to kill him? I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I've kept the faith. He was in prison when he said that they're getting ready to get him. He's, yeah. he's going to get, he's getting ready to get dead yeah. in a hurry. I have fought the good fight. And, and, you know, I love preachers that, old old country preacher that in my wife's church man he would bang his fist on the on there and say keep fighting don't give up because he had people you know i don't want you to ever give up and ironically he died of a very 
of uh, of uh, complications with diabetes. But man, that guy, they found him in his basement and he was doing his lesson for Sunday and it was Saturday night and they found him passed away in his basement. But he was fighting the good fight. That's right. He was fighting until the end. That's he was good. fighting the good fight of faith yeah. That's and awesome. not giving in and not yeah. giving in. Yeah. And so we just got to be like Paul, man. <laughs> That's right. That's you know? right. Oh, man. Like never flinch, right? Never flinch, like never. Coach Holtz used to say. Never flinch. Never flinch. I remember right. him saying, Coach Holtz would say, hey, there's going to be 85,000 people out there in that stadium, and there's going to be another 85 million people watching you on TV. Never flinch. You don't ever flinch. Right. Oh, oh he, was, he was the best. Yeah. He was the best at saying that. Yeah, that's no good. Doubt. Wasn't that special, special working for that guy? Oh, sheesh. You know how much I've, t- I've carried forward from him, just learning from him and what I carried. And, you know, I was young at the time. I think I got there. I was 27 when I got there, I think it was. And I had coached before I got there, but not like that. The way he coached, the way he drew it out of those guys, and the way he, he you know, he put that culture together, that was just phenomenal. And uh, he'd say, hey, son. I've been 18. Your damn ass never been 48. You better listen to me. <laughs> I loved it. I have used that over and over and over again. I say it to my own kids. Hey, I've been 16. You haven't been 50, you know? Hey, I remember one time, you remember that kitchen next to the staff room at Notre Dame? Yeah. So it's March and just think we're there as GAs. They're two months removed from winning the national championship. I mean, you and I work for the national champions, right? That's there. right. That's right. And he's in there cleaning up that that kitchen, wiping stuff down. I go, Coach, can I help you? Hey, Mike, I believe in doing stuff the right way. This place is a pigsty. And there he is. I'll do it. No, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. And he's wiping the I mean, he's wiping the counters down. But he's wiping the counters down. Yeah. yeah, I love I love him. I saw him about, uh, I don't know, a little while ago, about a year ago, probably just, you know, it was so fun to reconnect with him. And it's just special man, special coach. And and we've been yeah. blessed to be able to, you know, like you've been around Houston and I've been around some other great coaches myself. And it's just been a blessing to be able to work with those guys and change young men's lives and keep going forward and teaching them how yeah, to right. Finish, right? That's, and that's, a, that's what we always got to keep in mind about, Hey, you're affecting guys for eternity, man. And you got, you know, you got the most precious thing in, that God has given you in his hands are those, those guys. That's right. Really? Yeah. It's, it's an awesome responsibility. Oh, it is. And one that shouldn't be taken lightly. Yep. And, and it's, it's, uh, and, and that, and you can make a difference and you're making a difference for the kingdom yeah. if you can reach guys. So it's, yeah, it's an honorable, honorable profession. That's what you're doing down there, man. Hey, appreciate you coming on another rep, and we'll do it again. Maybe we'll tell more Coach Holt stories. Those are awesome. We got it. Yeah. I learned that. So, hey, yeah. love you. And uh, until we go, let's keep repping. Coach Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show. I know everybody's got a super busy schedule. I know your schedule's busy 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 you're recruiting and you're doing so much stuff right now so really appreciate you taking the time out hey if you like this show hit subscribe share it with your friends because i know coach mike's reps can help somebody else's reps and that's what we do we're all connected all the time and 
someone else's reps help our reps. And that's what this is all about. So you keep repping. I'll keep repping. And until we meet again, I am out. <laughs>